Marshall. We are I, Leslie Marshall, and my buddy and co-host every Friday, Brad Bannon. Brad runs Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. And recently, Brad acquired a new position. He's a weekly blogger for EpicTimes.com. Formerly, he wrote for U.S. News & World Report. He also is a lecturer in poli-sci at Salem State University in Salem, Mass. Brad, thank you for holding, and uh, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure, Leslie. Okay, before we get into audio, before we get into specifics, last night I thought it looked like a cat fight. Some are calling it a Brooklyn brawl um, rather than a debate debate between the Democrats. Um, I was I was getting annoyed. Mark Mark said a good thing, a cute thing actually during the break, and he's like, "Why are mommy and daddy fighting?" Um, and uh, that was cute. Although Mark actually, I, th- I think Mark said it in a cuter way. I should have had you do it, Mark. Um, yeah. And um, but I have to say, look, I'm pro Hillary. You're pro Hillary, and we, we've and I can't stand people that I know are pro somebody and pretend not to be for the sake of you know what they 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 call journalism. But if you're a talk show host, you're not presenting the facts; you're opining about them. So, um, first off, right out of the box, uh, in in your opinion, um, who who came off looking worse, if you will, for the fighting? Because from where I sat, I just I just saw a lot of people tweeting, also even Bernie supporters. Uh, tweeting that they felt Senator Sanders um, was angry, was acting like the you know angry old guy, and uh, just screaming, and uh, that a lot of people didn't think it was effective, and some people felt it it even uh, reeked of desperation, and people were surprised that he was uh, attacking. Um, Hillary so much, especially when you have Hillary people saying, hey, Bernie, if you're the nominee, we'll vote for you, she herself. And um, even though Senator Sanders and his wife has said if she was the nominee, uh, they would vote for her. I think a lot of people watching last night found that uh, claim less believable. What, what's your take? Well, I agree. Uh, I was surprised watching it last night uh, where Bernie Sanders came out of the box more aggressive than I've ever seen him in any of these debates. Uh, I don't know if he had a couple extra doses of caffeine or something before the debate started, uh, but he was really wound up. And I think one of the reasons that is, well, there are two reasons. One is I think the Sanders campaign is starting to feel desperate. Uh, two, uh, his campaign advisors have been urging him for four or five months now uh, to be more aggressive uh, towards Hillary because they feel that's the only chance he has of beating her. And that, They're probably right about that. The problem with Bernie doing that, though, is he's established himself as sort of a non-politician guy. And last night, he sounded like a politician. I mean, that's what politicians do. Uh, They they basically knock each other around. Uh, And Bernie Sanders is running as the unpolitician. So I think it's dangerous when he's that aggressive as he was last night. He, well, I'm sorry. I like Senator Sanders, but he is a politician. I mean, he served in local office in Vermont, state office in Vermont. He was in the House. He, he's been in the Senate. The majority of his life, he's been a politician. He's, he's a politician. He's a career politician. And and there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. I even said this when I was uh, uh, speaking at Bryant University last week. I believe somebody. I do believe people should have political experience. I'm not. I'm not. As, I'm not comfortable with a businessman like. Certainly not like a Donald Trump. But seriously, um, I you know may, you know people are always like oh outsiders. No, they're all in. Uh, honestly, the only outsider in this game right now is Donald Trump, and Donald Trump has zero political experience, and that's perhaps why there might be 
a uh, brokered convention for the Republicans because Ted Cruz has the political experience. So does his campaign. And they know how this, according to Donald Trump, rigged election works. And it can be argued it is rigged to a certain degree. It's a numbers game. And you got to know how to play that game and play those numbers in order to win. That's a reality. Um, all right. Let's uh, hear some stuff from last night, Brad. And uh, we will talk about this. And we'll also take calls. Okay. If, you're holding, if you're holding callers, we'll get to you. If you want to join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 to call. Tweet by following me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall. Uh, one of the things that um, a lot of people felt when I looked at the various people online writing articles, whether it was for Politico, Daily Cause, Washington Post, uh, The Hill, Mother Jones, Salon, those types of places, uh, even New York Times, Wall Street Journal, that kind of stuff, um, they felt the strength last night uh, was for at least Senator Sanders um, over the issue of minimum wage. That's where his uh, strength lie. Let's listen to this and then we'll talk about it. here. Are our se- oh, okay. We won't get to that one right now. We won't. Well, let's go to another one. This is a battle that constantly, you know, comes down, which is, uh, you know, Senator Sanders over big banks, um, Hillary Clinton, their battle over big banks. Um, and, and the, the, the problem here is in my opinion, demonizing a system doesn't change it or fix it. And that's what I think Secretary Clinton has pointed out with him. But can we listen to this one, Mark? Or no, we don't have time for this. Well, how much time do we have? Actually, there are are three that are under that. Why don't we pick the smallest one? Um, Okay. Uh, Senator Sanders, this, some people would say, was his low point, especially for minority voters. This is cut 10. Do you vow to take this fight to Philadelphia no matter what? I think we're going to win this nomination, to tell you the truth. Look, let me acknowledge, let me acknowledge what is absolutely true. Secretary Clinton cleaned our clock in the Deep South, no question about it. We got murdered there. That is the most conservative part of this great country, that's the fact. But you know what? We're out of the deep south now. And we're moving up. We got here, we're going to California, we got a number of large states there. And having won seven out of the last eight caucuses and primaries, having a level of excitement and energy among working people and low-income people doing better against Donald Trump and the other Republicans in poll after poll, than Secretary Clinton is, yeah, I believe that we're going to win this nomination, and I believe we're going to obliterate Donald Trump or whoever the Republican candidate is. Okay. Um, How much time do we have, Mark, to uh, discuss this? We have 40 seconds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about it. And, Brad, when we come back, um, I would like you to address not necessarily just this clip, um, but a a, a lot of uh, people, especially, you know, minorities, when uh, Senator Sanders, you know, was talking about, ah, you know, she, you know, she won the states where there, you know, are a lot of minorities and no color. And other people are going, well, what, we don't matter? (laughs) Colored people don't matter in this country? People of color. Not colored people as in black and an old, terrible, racial term for that group of people. People of color. And black people are not the only people of color in America. We'll be back.
Mitchell, he's Brad Van, and happy Friday. Talking about the debate last night. Let's play that clip I was trying to play earlier. We didn't have enough time for This is both uh, Secretary Clinton and Senator Sanders debating the federal minimum wage cut one. As president, if a Democratic Congress put a $15 minimum wage bill on your desk, would you sign it? Oh, of course I would. And I have supported... I have supported the fight for 15. I am proud to have the endorsement of most of the unions that have led the fight for 15. I was proud to stand on the stage with Governor Cuomo, with SEIU and others who have been leading this battle. And I will work as hard as I can to raise the minimum wage. I always have. I supported that when I was in the Senate. But what I have also said is that we've got to be smart about it, just the way Governor Cuomo was here in New York. If you look at it, we move more quickly to 15 in New York City, more deliberately toward 12, 12.50 upstate, then to 15. That is exactly my position. It's a model for the nation, and that's what I will do as president. Go as quickly as possible to get to 15. I am sure a lot of people are very surprised to learn that you supported raising the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. You know, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's just not accurate. I have stood on the debate stage with Senator Sanders eight prior times. Excuse me. I have said the exact same thing. Senator, please. If we can raise it to 15 in New York or Los Angeles or Seattle, let's do it. If you're both screaming at each other, the viewers won't be able to hear either of you. So please don't talk over each other. Go ahead. All right. When this campaign began, I said that we got to end this starvation minimum wage of seven and a quarter, raise it to 15. Secretary Clinton said, let's raise it to 12. There's a difference. And by the way, what has happened is history has outpaced Secretary Clinton. Because all over this country, people are standing up and they're saying 12 is not good enough. We need $15 an hour. Go ahead, Secretary. And Secretary. suddenly, the okay. suddenly, Secretary, go ahead. Thank you. Thank the you suddenly announced thank, now thank, that thank. you're for 15, uh, I don't think it's quite accurate. All right, Secretary. All right. I have said from the very beginning that I supported the fight for 15. I supported those on the front lines of the fight for... It happens to be true. I also... I supported the 15 effort in L.A., I supported it in Seattle, I supported it for the fast food workers in New York. The minimum wage at the national level right now is $7.25, right? We want to raise it higher than it ever has been. But we also have to recognize some states and some cities will go higher, and I support that. I have taken my cue from the Democrats in the Senate, led by Senator Patty Murray and others, like my good friend Kirsten Gillibrand, who has said, we will set a national level of 12 and then urge any place that can go above it to go above it. Going from 725 to 12 is a huge difference. 35 million people will get a raise. One in four working mothers will get a raise. I want to get something done, and I think Setting the goal to get to 12 is the way to go, encouraging others to get to 15. But of course, if we have a Democratic Congress, 
We will go to 15. Senator, go ahead. Well, I think the secretary has confused a lot of people. I don't know how you're there for the fight for 15 when you say you want a $12 an hour national minimum wage. Now, in fact, in fact, there is an effort. Patty Murray has introduced legislation for $12 minimum wage. That's good. I introduced legislation for $15 an hour minimum wage, which is better. And ultimately, what we have got to determine is after massive transfer of wealth from the middle class to the top one-tenth of one percent, when millions of our people are working longer hours for low Thank wages, you, I think we have got to be clear, not equivocate, $15 and minimum wage in 50 states in this Thank country you. as soon as possible. Okay, uh, I'm Leslie Marshall. Brad Bannon is co-hosting on this Friday. Now, a lot of people felt, uh, at least uh, the pundits, Brad, uh, that that was Bernie's strength last night, the minimum wage. But the reality is, whether it's California, Oregon, you know, like Seattle, even Seattle, it wasn't 15 overnight. It was a gradual increase over a period of time, whether it's two years, four years, five years. Um, And that's what we're seeing is the models in city governments, in in state governments. And, you know, I have to say, you know, I want everybody out there who's earning minimum wage to earn 15, you know, dollars an hour. Absolutely. Um, But I would agree when you look historically since the beginning of minimum wage being set to now to have a jump that is more than double or in a sense double, nearly double, um, is going to be much more difficult to get through on a federal level, especially with a House divided, which I think will be the case uh, come November. I think we'll have a Democratic Senate and a Republican House. Um, how, do, how do you feel about that debate between the two, and what are your thoughts on that and uh, the differences in, in Secretary Clinton and Senator Sanders' um, goal, which is the same goal, $15, but the way to that goal? Well, uh, first of all, uh, I think on this particular uh, issue, Senator Sanders has a point. Um, He has supported the uh, $15 an hour uh, federal minimum wage from the get-go. When she, Hillary Clinton, got in the race uh, and she announced her economic program, uh, she said she wanted to raise the minimum wage from $7.25 to $12. Uh, and, but on the other hand, she's also right. Uh, she was uh, camped, you know, she was on the stage um, cheering for uh, Governor Cuomo last week when he signed uh, the $15 minimum wage. But if you look at the New York proposal, uh, there, there are a couple things you have to know about it. Uh, first of all, it comes in gradually. Um, it doesn't come in, you know, you're not going to jump from, uh, say you're making $10 in a McDonald's in New York City, uh, you're not going to jump uh, to uh, $15 the day after the governor signed this thing. Uh, it goes up to $15 gradually over a period of a couple or a few years. Uh, and But, you know, what I think that exchange, the reason that exchange hurts Hillary Clinton is, her biggest liability is she tries to fuzz over issues, which drives the liberal Democratic activists crazy. 
And the reality is uh, she did, in fact, support a $12 minimum wage, and she's trying to explain that away. Uh, and it makes her look, sound and look very much like a politician. And she may very well be right on the merits of the issue. Um, first of all, uh, you're right that there's no way we're getting a $15. Well, my point was going to say Senator Sanders said he proposed. Uh, well, Brad, Senator Sanders said he proposed a $15 minimum wage, but we still don't have it. So if you propose law, but it doesn't get passed, I think that speaks to what she says, which is give me something I can sell. Well, yeah, and, you know, I mean, the best example of that is Barack Obama uh, last year asked Congress to made, raise the minimum wage from 725 to 10.10 over three years, uh, and the Republican uh, Congress uh, killed that bill pretty damn fast. So the question is, if they can't, if Barack Obama can't get 10.10, how in the hell are you going to get $15? And the short answer is you won't. Um, you know, I have this, I often have this feeling when I watch the Democratic debates that Paul Ryan's watching the debate too and laughing his ass off uh, because essentially uh, Paul Ryan has the power to stop any of this as House Speaker. Uh, and, you know, the reality is uh, we'll be lucky if we get a 10-10 uh, uh, level uh, from the new Congress, because Barack Obama couldn't get that. And the idea of a $15 minimum wage, although I think is good policy, uh, it is completely politically unrealistic. It is not going to happen. I now, and, I, and a fe- on a federal level, I, I, I agree with you. So why? And even though it's for show and they both want New York and they both want the nomination, why? Because somebody asked me this on TV today. It's a valid question. The number one issue for every voter, regardless of color, regardless of where they live, their age, or even their party affiliation, is the economy. And even though it could be argued, obviously, that minimum wage comes under the guise and the umbrella of the economy, economy uh, disparity in wages, income inequality, the economy that Americans are referring to specifically when you break it down um, are one – a stronger economy, which they feel means more job creation and a reduction in the deficit. None of these things were addressed by either of these candidates last night. Now, I understand this is primary, not a general election, but aren't you surprised? Because whether it's the state of New York or, you know, on a national level, and they didn't even speak to that. They, You know, and Hillary hinted at it, which is, you know, this is why you have to have a Democratic, if we had a Democratic Congress, have a, you know, have to have a Democratic Congress, you know, ergo, go out and vote, <laughs> you know, in the midterms as well, and go out and vote, not just about the presidential race. But, you know, these, these things, like in California, the minimum wage, that's not being done on a federal level. New York, not being done on a federal level. Heck, in the state of Washington, not even done on a state level, done on a city level in the city of Seattle. Um, do you think maybe this, you know, should have been, you know, spoken uh, to as well? Um, or were these two just blinded by the attack and defense of one another? Well, you know, this is one of those classic examples where they're both inaccurate. Um, I do think Senator uh, Secretary Clinton misrepresented her position uh, last night. Now, whether it's good or bad policy is a different matter, but, uh, you know, she, in fact, was uh, going for a $12 minimum wage when she began the campaign. But it also illustrates Bernie Sanders' major liability, which is, you know, he promises all this stuff, uh, but he has no idea how he's going to pursue it. 
Um, a better example of that is his position on banks. He keeps talking about dismantling, yeah. you know, limiting the economic power of the big banks on Wall Street. But if you ask Bernie Sanders how he's going to do that, Correct. he can't answer the question. Right. And Verbally demonizing. Right. He has no idea, and he probably can't do it anyway. No, I agree. Paul right. Ryan uh, is sitting in the speaker seat. Same with climate change. I mean, it, it, you know, demonizing yeah. people of fracking, uh, demonizing, you know, the fossil fuel industry, demonizing Wall Street. That's awesome to get people cheering. And I wanted to ask you about that. Brad, it makes my skin crawl even listening to these sound bites when I hear people in the audience who I would imagine Republicans aren't turning out for, for the most part, although there may be a few there. Republicans are undecided, but. I would imagine the people there are either Hillary or Bernie supporters. And whether it was a Hillary supporter or Bernie supporter, and i got to say, the boos came more to, to, toward her. Um, I, I was ashamed of my party, and it made my skin crawl whenever I heard anybody boo for either of those individuals. Well, I agree. Uh, one of the things that bothers me um, as a matter of doing my job, um, I'm pretty much uh, on, uh, on, the, on the web all day. And what really bothers me um, is uh, the Sanders people dominate the net, you know, because his supporters are young people. Yeah, the millennials, uh, yeah, are more online, yeah. The seniors, you don't, you know, use the web. But the language some of them have used towards Hillary Clinton, I am horrified by her. Um, I've heard her call two names that I can't even mention on this show, otherwise you'd get in trouble with the Federal Communications Commission. Uh, And, you know, even if I was a Bernie Sanders supporter, I would find that incredibly rude. Uh, You know, some of the Sanders supporters on the Internet are just sexist. They've called her names that I would never call any woman. Uh, They are constantly uh, criticizing her appearance, uh, you know, her, you know, pantsuits and all kinds of stuff. Uh, And I think that's way beyond the pale. Uh, my, really my, my concern, uh, and yeah. I agree, and I agree. And my concern is when I see those things or hear those things, whether they're boos or insults, how do these people show up in November and vote for her? If she's the nominee, or for the people booing for him, vote for him if he's the nominee. Do you feel that last night divided the party further? Because I do, and I blame both those people on that stage for that. But I blame more so Senator Sanders for that. Um, and, and, and that really and, and that really p- pisses me off, quite frankly, as a Democrat. We, we are better than that. We were acting like Republicans last night. And the supporters, more so Bernie supporters, I'm sorry, are acting more like Republicans as of late, With the to, to your point about the comments about uh, Secretary Clinton. You know what? They may love Bernie now, but when, when she was senator in New York, those same people booing today voted for her and voted for her husband. And we're championing, championing her, championing her when she was uh, Secretary of State. So that 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 makes, like I said, my skin crawl, and I and I'm glad we agree uh, on that. Uh, let's uh, take a call before we go to break, and let's go to Mildred in Santa Fe, New Mexico, on line three, listening on KTRC 12:60 a.m. Mildred, good afternoon. Hi, how are you, Leslie? It's good to talk to you. Listen, I have a different point of view about demonizing the systems. Now, Wall Street nearly tanked the entire U.S. economy. And my um, thing about Hillary is, with her receiving $675,000 from Goldman Sachs for her speeches, she would have have to have said something that they liked. And her changing the subject when they asked her 
about releasing the transcripts. Then she goes to the taxes. Well, when you receive millions of dollars from corporate America, you're telling them something they want to hear. And another thing that I'd like to point out is the Hillary Victory Fund, which was done with Debbie Walsherman Schultz in August of 2015 to secure the superdelegates for Hillary in support of funding through the super PACs. Now, I don't think that's very fair, even though in this system today it's legal, because I believe it's because of the Hutchinson versus um, the FEC that this can be done. But how can you secure 500 delegates when the delegates across the country are not all part of this? So this is a thing that really bothers me. And also, you say that she sets the negative tone, that um, Bernie Sanders sets the negative tone. No, I don't believe that he sets the negative tone. No, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. Please don't twist my words around because that annoys me. I even had staff members doing that today. What I said was, last night... I felt he was very angry, very insulting. I thought he was contradicting things that he had said with uh, comments he had made alluding to things from the past with regard to her. I thought he was divisive for our party, and I thought he seemed uh, desperate. I did feel he was very negative, and that was last night. I do not feel he has set a negative tone, but I do feel feel that Sanders supporters, and I don't need to feel, it is proven, if you want to go online and do the research, I don't have the time to do it, but if you want to compare tweet to tweet, insult to insult, comment to comment, even of I don't feel she's qualified to be president, and then backpedals, definitely the more more of the negativity has come from that side of of, of this democratic divide. I see the tone of her voice from all of the debates. And to me, she doesn't come across as being um, um, fair. I well, don't then I guess you're going to have a hard time if she's nominee in November. You'll have well, three choices, to, to vote for her, may to vote I for say, Donald Trump, or to stay may, home. May I say something, Leslie, yep. without having this type of little tiff? I have seen her through so much contradiction, and I have viewed... So many of her things going back to the war and even before that. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to take a break and the music's starting and I want you to be able to make your point. We're going to take a break. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marsh. He's Brad Bannon. We're talking with our callers and we'll be back with the woman that was speaking and the rest of you after this. Oh, actually, talk media news and then we will be back with our callers. I do want to say this going into break. I did not support the war in Iraq and she did vote for that which her constituency in New York wanted. And even if she voted against it, we still would have invaded that sovereign nation. Her vote was not a swing vote that changed that decision. We'll be back after this.